And welcome into another episode of Turn the Corner, a Detroit Tigers podcast. I am Kieran Steckley, doing it Toby Keith style, Red Solo Cup. I am doing this podcast without my co-host, Cody Stavenhagen, who has, as you guys know, been tending to a family emergency in Amarillo, Texas. Cody, by the time this podcast publishes, Cody should be back in Detroit working the Tigers beat, doing his normal thing, and we will have him on for our next episode. So we appreciate all the good vibes, all the prayers sent in his direction, his family's direction. Uh, You guys are great. Appreciate you kind of allowing me to be me, you know. Uh, Last week I called it rambling. I'm kind of a fan of alliteration. Uh, I just think it's cool, you know. So I'm not going to use the term rambling anymore. We're going to do some Steckley scrambles. Steckley scrambles, which, by the way, I make a mean scramble day because that's really here nor there, but... I make a, a mean scrambled eggs, and so we're going to do some Steckley scrambles today. Hope you guys enjoy some of my general thoughts on things, Tigers and baseball, and next week we'll have our normal format with Cody on talking things Detroit Tigers. So I hope you guys enjoy one more episode of just me kind of going off the hip and Thank you for listening. Thank you for your good vibes and prayers to Cody and his family, and I hope you enjoy the show. So my main topic tonight is like an unanswerable question. So last week, I talked about how the Tigers were playing with house money, which, by the way, cash the over this week. It's a pretty good week in Tigerstown. Uh, they are still finding a way to manufacture wins despite a short-changed roster, uh, partially due to limitations on some of their top players, especially the young pitching prospects, and, you know, playing some pretty good teams, teams that have legitimate October dreams, and they're finding ways to win games. So, 1,000% kudos to the team there, and AJ, and the whole coaching staff. However... I was thinking about what is it going to be like next year. Next year, house money runs out to a certain extent. Next year, especially, you know, depending on what the front office does in the offseason with free agency signings, the game done changed. The Tigers are going to be looked at next year as a team clearly on the rise, as a quote-unquote sleeper team for postseason contention. And that should be our expectation as well, because, you know, if you're not improving, then you're getting worse, right? That's just kind of a rule of thumb in life, and it definitely applies to sports. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So... Next year, they ought to be, you know, playing some real meaningful games at this time in 2022. So, that's the expectation. That's what AJ is going to lay on the players. That's what the fans are going to uh, look for. And so, 
my question is there's a lot of positivity going around with the team it's all kind of good it's kind of a little bit of a honeymoon feel you know with the new regime with AJ and his coaching staff but what about next year are these same fans going to turn on the team irrationally and I and I need to emphasize the irrationality part of it because if you listen to this podcast and you subscribe to the athletic and read Cody's work I would very much consider you a smart fan or at the very least you definitely have the tools at your disposal to be a smart fan but the vast majority of fans are not smart that's just the reality uh you know fan is short for fanatic after all so next season there's going to be more hype definitely more hype than what was going on this year there's going to be more hype there's going to be more eyeballs there's going to be more topics on talk radio there's going to be more newspaper column inches dedicated to the tigers and every little move is going to be scrutinized more so i'm just very curious as fans are 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 we going to be able to and it almost sounds like an oxymoron are we going to be able to be rational are we going to be able to have some rationality with the team next year because they should be better i like you know, I'm just being honest here for, for my own personal belief. They should be better. They should be, you know, some wild card contenders. I'm not saying they got to make it or bust. I'm saying contenders. You need the young pitchers to continue to grow. You need to see Akil Badu continue to get better. You need the veterans to maintain their level of play. But I'm just saying, like, I go to sports bars a lot to watch games. And I go to a, a Lions bar here in this area to watch Lion games. And the, and the things that I hear, there's a lot of not smart takes out there from fans. Because, look, look, it's not me saying that I'm, like, better than everybody else. But it is me saying that I put more thought process into this than most people because quite frankly i'm obsessed with all this stuff i don't expect others to have the same level of dedication that i do but it still makes it frustrating to hear just bad takes and i just kind of worry that next year with this momentum that the team has had in 2021 is going to turn into like a little bit sour in 2022 because there's going to be more scrutiny. The spotlight's going to be a little bit brighter. And I just, it's, it's, it's what, that's why it's unanswerable. Like, is it going to be like, there's no way to know what it's going to look like and look like until it actually happens right and so if the team starts out really hot hits the rough stretch like you're gonna have to come on and listen to turning the corner 
and here Cody and I say that it's a long seat. Like that's you know temper expectations. It's a roller coaster. You know, you know there's gonna be a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And even if the team is good, just look at the New York Yankees. Look at the Boston Red Sox this year and how great they started out. And and now. You know, like, it it, is not the same feeling among the fan base from when the season first started. And so, I'm just very curious because the Tigers haven't been in the position that they're going to be in next year in a little bit. And just like anything else, and this is not me, you know, sort of criticizing the the fair weather fan or whatever term you want to use, but... The reality is that when the team is good, there are more casual fans that kind of get into the picture, and they are not going to have the institutional knowledge of you. Because if you're reading Cody's work, if you're listening to this podcast, when this season went the way it did at the beginning, and you and and you stuck it out, you know, listening to us. Which, by the way, we appreciate so much. But if you did that, then you're going to have more institutional knowledge. If you subscribe to any other Detroit Tigers podcast, if you read the works of any other Detroit Tigers, either you know one of the Detroit newspapers or one of the other sites, if you listen to you know the minor league reports, I mean, if you care so not so much, you're going to just have more in you. And then you're, and then the room's gonna get crowded with a bunch of casuals, and that's fine, you know. To a certain extent, the casuals paid the bills, you know. If you're, if you're a, uh, if you're a franchise, or if you're a, uh, if you're a subscriber-based model media entity, and to a certain extent, the casuals paid the bills because there's just not that many, like, fanatics. Like, with the emphasis, there's not that many fanatics out there. So the, so we need the casuals. They, they kind of make everything go, to be honest. But I just, I just want to be assured. I just want those who start kind of piling on the bandwagon as the team get, gets hot and is on the rise to... Judge everything the way that we judge the team now. Like, just be able to look at it with the right perspective. And and I'm worried a little bit. And obviously, this is not an indictment on Detroit fans in general. This is a fan thing everywhere. And, you know, I live in Dallas. <laughs> it's not that many rational Cowboys fans. In fact... When I do find rational Cowboys fans, I pester them with questions because they're, you know, it's hard to get straight answers out of uh, out of the others. But I still maintain that next year has to have some higher level of expectations, but also tempered. And there's going to be a lot of hype going into the 2022 season and a Especially if the Tigers make a marquee free agent signing in the wintertime. And so I'm just curious. 
I have hope that reason will prevail. But I also have ample evidence of just, you know, sports fans in general that tells me that it'll be a little bit bumpier than that. So that, 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 that's, this is just me kind of thinking out loud. I, I don't, I don't have the answer. We won't have the answers for several, several months. Uh, but I, it's going to be one of those things I'm looking out for. It's going to be one of those things I'm very curious about. I want to see what the next wave of fans who are going to be piling into Comerica Park, occupying Tigers Twitter, what are going to be, how are they going to handle themselves? Because... That's partially going to make for, let me rephrase, that's partially going to determine how pleasant an experience of next year's team is as they continue to ascend. And if we're going to, if we're going to get to the point where the irrationality takes over, it's not going to be as fun on Tiger's Twitter right now. Vibes are good. I just want the good vibes to continue. That's all. That's all. So if you guys follow me on Twitter, which I am at Kieran underscore Steckley, and Cody, of course, is at Cody Stavenhagen. Our podcast page is at Turn Corner Pod. You know that I got quite a bit of amount of animals in my house, so... If you hear a dog barking in the background, if you hear a cat loudly meowing, it's probably our new kitten, Miggy, who wants to be in the podcast studio with me. And and so that's just that's just kind of a general PSA for 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 me podcasting. There's only so much I can do. I'm an animal lover. My fiance is a veterinarian. That stuff kind of comes to the territory. Every now and then there's going to be some animal noises in the background. So just a little general PSA. So I, I wanted to get to... I was going to make my AJ Hinch suggestion box related to Isak Paredes and Dax Cameron. Hey, why don't we get them up? Let's see what they got. And then there were a couple injuries. Derek Hill. Oh, man. You know how much I love Derek Hill. But this is Derrick Hill. Derrick Hill is a guy who has an injury track record. That's just the reality of the situation. Part of that is the way he plays. Part of that is bad luck. But he does have an injury track record. Got hurt again this week. And Isak Paredes is also coming up along with Daz Cameron. I was going to suggest to AJ, like, let's... Get these guys up here. Like, there's only a couple weeks left in the season. Uh, the games don't matter in terms of obviously like seeding and stuff. I understand that every player has something to play for, and you know this, that, the other thing. I I understand that, but these are some opportunities to see what these guys can do. And Daz and Isak are very interesting case studies for the Tigers going forward. And what I mean by that is both of them, not too long ago, were held in very high regard 
in terms of their place in the future of the organization. So obviously Daz comes in with the Verlander trade, and he's the son of a longtime major leaguer, a guy who had a lot of success in the major leagues, and Mike Cameron, and he was a first-round pick. And Isak Paredes came, you know, as well. And as I've mentioned on this podcast before, Paredes was kind of the better get in terms of reputation for the Alex Avela, which, by the way, congratulations on your coming retirement, Alex. You provided a lot of great memories for Tigers fans and, the, you know, with the Justin Wilson trade. Like, there was a lot said about Isak Paredes and Candelario was just kind of in there if that makes sense like the tweener major leaguer he had already made his debut didn't really know what he was but Paredes was the gem of that trade let's not get it twisted that was you know that was what was considered the gem of the trade now we fast forward a couple years and Candelario ain't moving from third base really anytime soon. I'm not overhyping Candelario, but the dude has proven himself to be a formidable major league player average at third base and, you know, pretty good at the plate switch hitter. That is valuable. Among the league leaders in doubles, had a clutch home run the other night against Tampa Bay. Seems like a really good guy in the locker room with the Candyman nickname. Easy guy to promote uh, for the team with marketing and social media purposes. It's a lot to like about Jammer Candelario. He's here. He ain't going anywhere. Isak Paredes, who also played third base, or at least at the time, was considered the younger hotshot prospect and had more of a suitable future with the franchise that's not really the case anymore uh Paredes is now in a position so and I somewhat backtrack that's what we do Steckley scrambles I somewhat backtrack a little bit Paredes was the guy who had more of a firm in pen to kind of steal a AJ Hinch term future with the organization and Candelario was definitely a in pencil kind of guy. Not anymore. Not anymore. For as we look at the short-term future of the franchise, uh, Candelario is a in pen guy unless some blockbuster event happens. He's an in pen guy. And he had to earn it. That's the thing. He had to earn it. He was not given this in-pen status. Isak Paredes is now essentially where Candelario was just a couple years ago. Where we're not going to give you anything. But we expect you to earn X. And... He has a higher hill to climb than any time previously since he's been a part of the Tigers organization. 
And I, I joked with Cody a couple of weeks ago when we were going over the one-year uh, anniversary of Scooble and Mize being added or being called up, I should say, to the major leagues last year. Paredes was a part of that move. Like, it was the three of them. It wasn't just Scooble and Mize. Like, Paredes was right there. And you look at what Mize and Scooble have done since then, and of course they've been Major League mainstays, but they've also been, you know, very promising players, you know, borderline or in case of Mize, like, should be near front runner Rookie of the Year candidate since then. Paredes has been hurt. He's been up and down. When he has been up, he hasn't really shown what we were kind of promised based on his ability. These are crucial moments for Paredes. And he, to his credit, has shown the willingness to go play other positions like shortstop. Actually, there was a time where if you looked him up on the Detroit Tigers website, his position was listed as shortstop, not third base. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. He, he done the experiment at second base a little bit throughout the year. Uh, like I said, credit to him. He's going to have to hold on to that because there's no way that third base is his calling card right now. Now, it's important to have the ability to play third base. But in terms of immediate path to playing time, no, 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 no. It's, uh, it's not at third base. And, you know, it's not necessarily at second either. And, of course, shortstop for the Tigers is shortstop for the Tigers. There's really no point in talking about it until uh, post-CBA and post-free agency signings. But second base, obviously, is going to be Jonathan Scope territory. But at the same time, you know, depending on when... Torkelson comes up and, you know, how much you're going to play another year older Miguel Cabrera in the field. You know, Scope's going to be spending some time at first base. And so that opens up the second base slot for someone like Paredes who could go out and earn it with some at-bats here to end the year. And then, you know, how he does in winter ball and then spring training and all that stuff. So from now until... March, late March, like this is as crucial a time for Isak Paredes as he's had as a professional baseball player because the shine has worn off for him. That's just the reality of the situation. The shine has worn off him. Now he's got to grind it out. And I believe he has the ability to, but I'm also looking at flat numbers and he hasn't shown it thus That being said, I think it's important to note that his extended period of time in the major leagues hasn't really existed to this point. That's fair. I believe in, you know, guys sometimes got to be able to get in a rhythm, but baseball is a game of failure. Life is unfair. Sometimes you just have to make do with the opportunities you get even if they are less than ideal. So Daz Cameron, the outfield outlook is more crowded than when he 
entered the organization, goes without saying. So, Derek Hill, as I mentioned last week, could very well be your starting center fielder next year. And, you know, on a quick Derek Hill tangent, it's very much possible that if you get enough bats in the lineup, you can get away with the hitting that Derek Hill has exhibited this year and his running ability and his fielding ability is good enough to put him in center field on a regular basis. So that lane still exists. We Cody and I talked about this before the season. Like, you know, there's a world where blah, 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 blah. And that was before, you know, obviously he was a major league regular on a team that while playing well is, you know, below 500. But it's there now. Like, it's not often when we use the phrase, like, there's a world where, and then it happens, you know, a couple months down the line. But that, that happened in this case. Derek Hill has a distinct possibility of being your major league semi-regular center fielder. So Daz Cameron, that's another body that's sort of in your way. And then the Tigers go and get Akil Badu last, last winter. And he makes a team at spring training. And then he starts out the season on fire. And then he maintains a level of play for a young 20-something-year-old player who hadn't played above single-A baseball. He maintains a level of play that you think, man, some more seasoning, a little, you know, maybe an off season where he can kind of self-evaluate him, you know, against uh, against what he did against major league pitching, and you know, who knows what the ceiling is on this guy? Also, a late first round or early round pick. So there's a lot to like about Akil Badus. That's another body in your way. Now, I talked last week about Victor Reyes, and. You know, he's a guy, and it was correctly pointed out to me, he's a guy who, you know, is probably not going to make the team out of spring training. He's kind of a depth guy. That's fine. But he's going to, as long as you want him, he's going to have some playing time in the major leagues because the very nature of baseball is guys get hurt. And we've certainly seen that this year. Victor Reyes has definitely earned his keep. So that's Victor Reyes. And, you know, Robbie Grossman has been your steady corner outfielder the entire year, having a career year, by the way. And so that occupies a spot that wasn't there before uh, before for Daz. And as Cody and I have talked about, there's, you know, a distinct possibility that going and getting a right-handed, which, by the way, that's what Daz Cameron bats, a right-handed bat to be your, you know, kind of staple, one of your staple outfielders, that's a very real possibility, too, for the Tigers in the offseason. So Daz Cameron, you know, is also trying to earn his keep. And like Paredes has kind of, you know, been nagged by the small injuries that put you out for a week or two weeks or three weeks, and then you fall out of rhythm, and then, you know, another guy takes your spot, and, you know, like I said, sometimes life's unfair, man. Daz Cameron, these are crucial times, and, 
you know, he's a veteran of playing winter ball. That he was kind of behind the eight ball this year when it comes to uh, the major league team because he sustained an injury in winter ball. Uh, I hope not and definitely wouldn't recommend having another injury that slows down your spring training this year because even though A.J. Hinch is very familiar with you from when you were drafted by the Astros, he's not... He's proven. He's proven that he's going to go with who has earned it and who has developed at the rate that he wishes and put in the time that is needed. I have no doubt that Isak and Dax, Daz, excuse me, Isak and Daz, you know, are hard workers and, you know, putting the time and all that stuff, but... If they if they had been putting in, let's just say I'm just guessing. This is just totally arbitrary. If they had been putting in 95% effort, you better put in that extra five. Just in general, like you better be putting in that extra five because uh, otherwise this team's gonna pass you by. And where you once were in this organization's hierarchy will be no more so i'm glad that they're getting called up i'm glad that they're gonna get their chance because i like both of them i like the the potential for both of them i'm also a realist and i know that given where the team is going a trajectory that you know one could argue maybe is a little bit ahead of pace you know given how the team has played after that horrid april a little bit ahead of pace they're not just gonna wait for you bro they're not just gonna wait for you so you gotta go out and earn it and i hope you do i hope you do because i like the potential of both guys but i'm also not going to lament the fact if they don't take advantage of the opportunities you know that's what happens when a team is on the ups some guys get left behind i hope it's not them there very well could happen. Dan Dickerson is amazing, and we as Tigers fans are lucky to have him. That's it. That's the end of the segment. All right, so my next tangent requires two little backstories, so bear with me here for a second. So number one, as you guys know, um... I, you know, my father was on the podcast at Father's Day weekend, and he was Al K-Line's paperboy. That's how I became a Detroit sports fan and obviously a Detroit Tigers fan. Al K-Line was my father's personal hero. Mr. K-Line, it will be 237 for your Detroit news this week or, you know, whatever the price was, you know, as it was his neighbor and his uh and and he you know would ask him for money for the paper route you know it's different time you know so last year al kaline passed away on april 6th april 6th is my birthday so the news that he passed away happened in the morning and i felt obliged to call my father 
and tell him the news. And it was honestly one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I call him and he says, hey, how's it going? Happy birthday. And I got to be like, hey, thank you, dad. You know, and uh, by the way, you know, Al Kali passed away. And so that was it was just one of those things where like you have these like kind of mix of emotions where like, you know, like, you know, put myself in my father's shoes, you know, Al Kaline is his personal hero. His oldest son calls him on his son's birthday and says, you know, hey, what's up? You know, happy birthday. And then I got and then I got to tell him that his like childhood hero passed away. It's just one of those things that was, you know, kind of sucky. You know, it's kind of sucky. And so my second background that will kind of get me to my main point, as you guys know, Cody and I attended Oklahoma State University together. And we were, you know, we covered mainly men's basketball and obviously football together. So we dealt with Mike Gundy, who is still the head football coach. And Gundy is, of course, nationally known for the I'm a man, I'm 40 rant. And in that rant, he's lamenting a reporter who wrote a story that he didn't like about one of the players on the team and blah, 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 blah. But he has this phrase. And he says, where are we at in society? That's about as far with like a southern accent that I'll go for this tangent. But he's, you know, said, where are we at in society? So it became kind of a running joke with, you know, with Cody and I, whenever we would see something that was questionable, we would say, where are we at in society X? So let me bring those two ideas together. I am obviously living in Dallas, like I'm a forefront Detroit sports fan. I got shirts, I got hats, you know, of the different teams. And at work, I really like the golf polos, you know, to wear uh, for the teams that I like. And so everyone knows me as, you know, the Detroit guy, you know, at around the office. And obviously, you know, office, office uh, talking, you know, we, we talk sports a lot. And so, uh, this week, uh, one of my co-workers told me, you know, and this is a guy who's very knowledgeable. It's not someone who is a surface-level sports information person. This is a guy who, like, knows a lot. He goes, you know, Al Kaline... You know, kind of a kind of a little bit of a downer of a career when you think about how hot he started. And, you know, I have two speeds. I have two speeds. I have one where I'm like full on rage geared up. And I have another one where I just kind of be like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I opted for the second part because I just didn't want to get in a 
huge argument and I didn't want to get worked up because I'm quite frankly very capable of being worked up and then I start you know talking loud and yelling and I seem demonstrative and you know in the office I try to be professional so I'm I'm just I I, I, I try to avoid doing that I, I don't always succeed at that but I try to avoid doing that but let me tell you where are we at in society that I gotta defend the legacy of Al Kaline. Al Kaline, a guy with 3,000 hits, dang near 400 home runs, 10 gold gloves, and 18 all star appearances. And if you wanna you know, break that down a little bit. You know, there was a time when they had, like, two all-star games, so it kind of doubles up. Whatever. All right? The guy was an amazing baseball player. What's that Will Ferrell line from Zoolander? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like, okay, so Al Kaline only batted 297 and only hit a hair over 3,000 hits and only had 399 home runs in an era that was so dominant for pitching that they literally changed the mound. That's it. That's all he did. That's all he did. You know, youngest batting champion ever. Just broke the record for a guy named Tyrus Raymond Cobb. That's it. That's all he did was a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, led the Tigers to a World Series championship in 1968 when, you know, he wasn't in his prime, but he was as crucial a piece as any in that World Series specifically. I was put in a position where I had to defend the legacy of Al Kaline. Where are we at in society? Where are we at in society that we just can't, like, come together? Like, in politics, people want to come together for, like, all these issues. And obviously, I am not saying anything on any issue that people need to come together with politics in general. That's not what this podcast is for. But if we can't come together and say that, man... Al Kaline was a great baseball player and not a disappointment in the least. Then we have no hope. No hope for coming together on any issue. No hope. It's like, well, you know, like why why does why was I put in that position? Have have any of you ever been in a position where you had to defend Al Kaline's greatness? I hope you haven't. And if you did, I hope you didn't, you know, balloon up and have like a red face about it because I, <laughs> I don't even know how you, I don't even know where you go from there. Like, what is the response to that that isn't either passive or really, really, really aggressive? But that was a position I was put in this week and... And, and and this is not me bragging, but I was just like, well, you know, his, you know, it's kind of a pitcher's era, and you know, his, you know, he 
that was a really good fielder, and you know, he it's not you know, it's kind of crazy that he retired one home run short of you know reaching a milestone like 400. You know, it's like I just I just had to kind of eat it because I knew zero to 100. I knew I had to go zero because if I went to 100, I was I, I was probably gonna. I knew that I had to go zero because I was going to make a scene. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that in the office. But uh, I was put in that position. And it's unfortunate. I don't understand why this person told me that. And again, he's very knowledgeable and has a great knowledge of baseball history. But he felt the need to, uh, to tell me that. So maybe it just goes to show you that, you know, legacies aren't always as intact as you think they would be so that's that that's just my al k line rant it's not anything to do with obviously anything going on with the team right now but i just had to share that anecdote and 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 just let you guys know that no matter where you go no matter who you talk to no matter who you think really knows their stuff there's always a possibility that they are just going to say something that could bring out the worst in you and i hope you have the ability to just be like uh okay and just let it go because you'd be better for it in the long run to wrap up where are we at in society that gotta defend the legacy of al line. All right, so I just want to thank you again for bearing with me as I just kind of get some things off my chest. That's how I roll. Steckley's Scrambles. This will be the last iteration of it as we should get Cody back next week for our regular podcast format. So if you could, please subscribe, rate, and review Apple and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter. I am at Kieran underscore Steckley. Cody, who recently reached the 10K mark, as we uh, were hoping he would, is at Cody Stavenhagen. And of course, our podcast page is at Turn Corner Pod. So for Kieran Steckley and for Cody Stavenhagen, not with us today, but he will be next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>